values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for joining me for a part of your morning. Uh, the Maricopa County um, Recorder's Office, along with Bill Gates, the head of the the chairman of the supervisors, made an apology last night uh, multiple times during the day. A couple of things that I think need to be noted. Number one is it's not fair to blame um, – um, Stephen Richard, the county recorder for what happened yesterday. That's not his purview, although he is the face of elections and would have gotten a lot of credit if it went well. He stood up and took the arrows, even though he could have passed off and said, listen, this isn't my my area. I had nothing to do. He stood up, said he was disappointed, came on this show yesterday morning. Uh, he was on with Gatos and Chad in the afternoon. He came on with us in the evening when we were on last night. Uh, so he stood up and, and uh, tried to explain what happened. Bill Gates did the same thing. I want you to hear a couple of things uh, about no no voters were turned away. There was no one who came today with with a valid ID who was turned away from the polls. Those people were given a ballot. They were given the opportunity to fill out the ballot. And then if the ballot was not going through this tabulator, they then had the option to put it down here in box number three. There is a big difference, a huge difference between election denial and election integrity. Now, this is an integrity issue in this in this regard, that when you have these machines not working, when you have a, a percentage of people that were not able to see their ballot counted, it had to go into a box to be counted later. And I believe they still haven't been counted in Maricopa County. They went into a secured location. I believe all that's true. I will. I'm, I believe the election will be done the right way. I think all ballots will be counted fairly. I think those ballots are secure. So election denial in that sense that this is a cheat, I don't believe that. I believe it's huge mistakes, and this is the other part of it. We have to do a better job. When you are certifying machines a month before the election, and then you're shipping those machines and connecting them, um, you know, connecting printers and, and all the things that go with that stuff, and then you're not necessarily checking them again and testing them, I think there's an issue. I think we need to change how we do this certification. I think, you know, in the 21st century, there has got to be a better way. Now, it's interesting. I heard something that I, the other night or last night that I thought was an interesting position is that this is proof that there isn't election fraud and that fake ballots cannot get fed through those machines. Because if they're rejecting legitimate ballots for an ink issue, then there's no way people are cheating. And I thought that was an interesting point. I don't think it's a good excuse. I don't think it's an excuse at all. I think when voters, especially with the attitudes and the temperament of what's going on right now, that we were ground zero for this. The country was watching Arizona, and we needed to get it right, and we didn't. And that's the issue. So what needs to happen to get it right? What rules have to – is it certification? Is it on-site certification? Would that be too much of a nightmare in Maricopa County to go to all of those locations once the machines are hooked up? Or once the machines are connected, is there a certain number of ballots or tests that must be run to ensure that everything is working properly before the voters show up? I don't know the answer. I'm throwing out ideas. But we can't be in a position, and I will say this again and again and again, going after the character of people and accusing them to be in on a hoax is not fair. I, you know, I, I don't I, – I know Stephen Richard well enough, and I got to know him a little bit on the campaign trail when he was running for the office. 
I would be in an event as an MC or a speaker, people's backyards, um, meetings, all kinds of stuff. He was a very strong Trump supporter, a very strong conservative Republican on the campaign trail, um, and a good guy. So for people now to accuse him or Bill Gates, same thing with Bill Gates and and, um, and and Clint Hickman and to say that these people are in on the hoax is an unfair thing to say, saying they got it wrong, saying that there needs to be some accountability and fixing of this problem so it never happens again. All 100 percent fair. I feel bad for Gates. I feel bad for Richer because I know them both and because I don't like to see good people not do the right thing or, or fail in some regard. What happened yesterday was a black eye for Maricopa County in the recorder's office. And, uh, you know, it's not his fault, but he's taking the arrows. There is a systemic problem there that needs to be addressed. And most importantly, we need to know that when we go to the polls, our ballots are going to be counted. So you've got a group of people that say early voting is where the problem is. We're going to watch ballot drop boxes. That's where the fraud is happening. We don't know who's really voting or how many votes are being legally cast. We don't know that. So don't vote early. Go to the polls. Then you go to the polls and the machines aren't working in some locations. What, 20 to 25 percent, whatever it was, of locations reported problems. If we're having consistent issues like that, there is there are laws that can be created and rules that can be changed to do everything we can to minimize this. There's always going to be an issue on Election Day. We all know it's going to happen somewhere. But it shouldn't be widespread. Now, what happened in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is furious about some of the things that happened there. Nevada, the hand count's going to take days for them to get through uh, the ballot counts there. It's going to be days before we get them all done here in Arizona. So it's not just an Arizona issue, but we were ground zero for it. And it's the perfect storm because we've got elections. When you've got the governor's race within two tenths of or within half a point and the attorney general's race within two tenths of a point. That is really close. And people need to feel as if their votes are counted fairly. I mean, that's not too much to ask. So as much as I believe that the votes will be counted fairly, you have to acknowledge that this is a horrible look that can never happen again. When it happened in Pinal County, when they ran out of ballots early in the morning, when they, they have an antiquated system that didn't work and people waited hours and people complained in their primary, and we called out Pinal County and said, how does that happen? Get your act together. And then on election night, this happens in Maricopa County. The system is great. Being able to vote anywhere, I think, is terrific. It's convenient. Instead of me having to go to a precinct near my house, I was able to go to the Biltmore, which is between work and my house. I was able to go there, stop there on Friday. I walked straight in. I got my ballot, went, I voted. It was counted the first time it went through the machine. It went off seamlessly. There was no issue with me voting when I voted on Friday. And everyone should have that experience. If lines are lengthy, if there's a wait time, that's that's one thing. But if the wait time is there because of equipment issues, we have the right to, to know that that's not going to happen in widespread fashion. And rules have to be changed so those machines are checked before the voters walk in. However they change those rules, there's got to be more um, control of what happens with those machines. I feel bad for the people involved because I know some of the people involved and they're good people and they're having a rough time right now. But I understand and I think they understand it as well. Let's hope it gets sorted out. Uh, Coming up, what we're going to do in a minute 
is we're going to talk about what happened to the red wave. Um, why is it that we are not seeing the widespread wins that we thought we were going to see? And not just me as a Republican, but people on both sides of the political aisle expected that there was going to be some big wins for the Republicans across the country. We're going to talk about the reasons behind it coming up in just a moment. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Um, the Innings Festival is back. A two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale, but you can head over to the contest page at KTAR.com and you get complete details and you might just win a pair. Um, why wasn't there a red wave here in Arizona? Let's stick just with Arizona for a moment. We saw a red wave in Florida. We saw a huge win. I don't know if you'd call it a red wave in Texas, but the governor's race wasn't even close in Texas, especially by Arizona standards. Why is it that when you look at Arizona and compare how the states have all been compared, you know, how Arizona has looked at the tax plan of Texas and Florida where they have no state income tax, and our governor and our state legislature has been working in that direction, and we've seen an increase in industry here in Arizona. When it comes to the border issues, we have had a symbiotic relationship with the people of Texas um, because we are going through what they are going through. We even had Governor DeSantis jump on board. So what is it? What is it that made the red wave happen in those places and not here? Um, is it candidates? Is it uh, did we overestimate the effect of Donald Trump on the electorate in a pot that it would positively affect the electorate? Is this going to have people second guessing Donald Trump? Because last night, if and, and we don't know, we don't know exactly. Just to be fair, how this is all going to play out. No one's going to remember the margin of victory if it's a victory, and it looks as if the the we are seeing a closing, a, a very big narrowing of what's happened and uh, of the races. You know, Kerry Lake is within half a point. Uh, Abe Hamaday is within like two tenths of a point. Uh, it is very narrow in those races, and those victories may may happen. Tom Horn, the Republican. Republican is beating a Democrat, an incumbent in the in the um, uh, in the uh, school board. Or the, I'm sorry, the superintendent's race, superintendent of public instruction. He's winning that race. Kimberly Yee looks like she was pretty handy to her as well. But we don't know how this is going to end up. But in the end, would it be considered a red wave? Why are the races in Arizona so close? And I think. Again, coming at it from the perspective I do, which, you know, I'm a Republican, is you look at this and say you've got to reassess what's happening and you've got to figure out why this is. I'm not saying this is definitely what the reason is, but you have to consider it. You have to consider if the Trump endorsement helped you immensely, and there's no doubt that it did, that every Trump-endorsed candidate won in the primary. But they're having a difficult time winning in the general. And we have to ask ourselves, is that the reason? I don't think anybody doubts that the Trump endorsement is what helped candidates get over the top in the primary. I mean, it's hard to argue that that didn't happen. Well, then, if they lose in the general, are they bad candidates? Or is it the Trump endorsement that becomes kind of an anchor around their neck when you've got to reach independent or moderate voters? 
And I don't know the answer to that question specifically, but I do know this. In a state where you've got a very conservative guy in Ron DeSantis, they love him in Florida. He's brash. He's outspoken. He pushes back. He takes no prisoners in a debate. He, he doesn't pull any punches when he talks. And he's very conservative in his principles, and they love him. I talked earlier about Miami-Dade County. Miami-Dade County is historically a, a hugely blue part of Florida. I think 30 points in the last election or the one before that. It was huge in favor of Marco Rubio. When you see this happening, and everybody was saying this race was going to be close. They were concerned Rubio was really in a tight race. He won going away. DeSantis and Charlie Crist, same thing. So people have got to start asking, what are the reasons? Because if you don't, if you don't assess it, if you don't look at it and say, what happened? Where did we go wrong? Even if you have a victory, I think it's going to be less severe if you have a victory, because even if you have a victory by a couple of hundred votes, nobody's going to remember the margin of victory. But I think they should. Why are we seeing um, people, uh, you know, why is Governor Abbott, who, again, very conservative, busing people across the country when it comes to immigration, pro-Second Amendment and, and defending the Second Amendment severely against the guy who is in favor of gun control and what they were going to do on the border and Beto O'Rourke and all of this? Why did he win going away? And why are candidates echoing the same message in Arizona not winning going away? Is it is our electorate that different? Are we seeing is it this? Everybody says, don't don't California, my Arizona. That's kind of a Republican statement. And is that what's happening? Do people really believe because of the tech industries that are coming here? We have more blue voters coming in. You got to I think there's a lot to look at. And is this a, a an indictment of the of the power of the Trump endorsement? And I don't know the answer. But I do know that as a, a person that's voted Republican most of my life, well, I say all of my voting life, but I didn't always vote when I was much younger. Um, I didn't vote till I got a little bit older, which is why I say my voting life. I vote Republican. I'm a Republican uh, voter. I make that pretty clear. I want answers, too. I want to see why this is happening in my state. And it's a valid question that all of us should be asking. We're going to talk about some of the local Arizona races coming up here in a few moments, and we'll get you updated on the latest numbers in all the statewides as well. Stick around. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I want to invite you to uh, download the Mike Broomhead Show podcast. It's simple to do to subscribe to it on any device that you have. Never miss a minute of the show again. And the Mike Broomhead Show podcast this week brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. You can get a higher price selling your home and guaranteed offers at higherprice.com. It's higherprice.com. Let's catch you up on some of the numbers. I know you love this when people start shouting numbers at you. This is uh, some what we have in the latest numbers that have been dropped. They're expecting another drop later on today. But this happened this morning a little bit after 6 with the latest numbers with a narrowing. Um, Mark Kelly holds about a five-point advantage over Blake Masters. Hobbs versus Lake is very, very close within a half a percentage point. Um, there have been 1.793, so almost 1.8 million votes counted at last check. 
And with over, almost 1.8 million votes in that race counted, there is only a, a less than a 12,000 vote lead for Katie Hobbs. And it's been shrinking steadily all night. So this is what the expectation was. But can you get to the finish line before you run out of votes? Um, Secretary of State's race looks like Fontes is up five points there um, as well. The Attorney General's race is razor thin, 0.2%. Um, there is, again, 1.763. So, uh, you know, 1.7 million votes cast and only a 3,900 vote, almost a 4,000 vote lead for Chris Mays. So these are strikingly close numbers. And with, you know, again, 1.759, um, 1.7 million votes cast in the superintendent's race, or I shouldn't say cast, counted in that race. Tom Horn has taken a lead this morning, 50.2 to 49.8. I mean, that is, again, razor thin. He only leads by 7,700 votes. Um, So these are razor thin races. In Maricopa County, there are still 400,000 ballots still to be counted. 17,000 people were affected by the glitch that happened yesterday in Maricopa County. So there were about 17,000 ballots that were dropped into box number three, um, which means your your ballot did not go through the machine. You did vote, but the machine did not accept your ballot. So they were asked to put those ballots into box number three. There were about 17,000 of those that are still left to be counted, and I believe they're going to be a part of that 400,000 number. So things have been trending toward the Republicans. Will they keep trending that way is the first question because it's uh, uh, these, this is the election stuff that makes me laugh. They're called late earlies. Now, if you're not confused enough already, let me explain what a late early is. We know that early voting started early. Right. About 30 days out, 27 days out, they started early voting where you could mail in your ballot. Those started to be counted a week or so ago where they counted those ballots. So the first drop on election night at 8 p.m. or a little after 8 p.m. were those early ballots that had been mailed in or dropped off as of Friday of last week. So there was some from Saturday. And then on election day, they call those late earlies, that you still have an early ballot in an envelope that you don't slide through the machine. You drop it into a box and it's cast. So how many of those late earlies of this 400,000 are going to trend Republican? Will it trend enough Republican in order to push some of these candidates on the right side of the aisle over the hump? Or will we see them – will you see some of the Democrats expand their lead if they go the way of the Democratic Party? So this is still very, very interesting. When you look at some of the House races, when you look at the federal races that are going on, uh, David Schweikert is behind by about a percentage point behind uh, Jevin Hodge, the Democrat. Now, David Schweikert is – I think he's running for his sixth term. Um, uh, Eli Crane is winning these low. Local races, uh, we're seeing. Uh, I think the O'Halloran seat flip is, is flipped. Um, Ruben Gallego went run one going away. Greg Stanton had a pretty significant lead compared to other races, as did Andy Biggs. So you're seeing opposite sides of the aisle, but safe in their districts. You know, Andy Biggs, a very conservative leader in the um, in the Freedom Caucus in the House of Representatives, with a pretty significant lead over his opponent. And at the same time, Ruben Gallego, who would be the antithesis of that, running away with it at 76 percent of the vote. So it isn't it isn't a red wave or a blue wave in that regard. Those districts, uh, it's about it's about how they're redistrict. And uh, and uh, O'Halloran paid a big price there. Um, 
looking at what this means long term, and there's there are people that are a lot smarter than I am that uh, pick these things apart. But will you heed the advice? Smart companies hire consultants to come in and assess what we're doing. So, you know, then, you know, it happens a lot that people um, work in an industry for 30 or 40 years and then they become a consultant and they go into upstart companies and other companies and tell them, hey, listen, this is what we found. This is where you're efficient. This is where you're inefficient. This is these are the places that if you do some of these things, you can reduce your cost and increase your profits. And wise companies do two things. They find people that are really good consultants and doing the assessment of what needs to be fixed, and they heed good advice. And I would say to you that both political parties in the state of Arizona need to take a very close look at themselves. And I'm going to give you two separate perspectives. From the Democrat perspective, the Democrats believe that these are all radical candidates, that these candidates are all extremists. That's the everything we heard from Blake Masters um, all the way down to uh, Tom Horn in the superintendent's race. With the exception of Kimberly Yee, I don't think she was, but she was not Trump endorsed. Uh, but when you look at the Trump endorsed candidates, they were billed by the Democratic Party as extremists. They were a threat to democracy. They were all of these other things. They were going to take a woman's right um, to choose her own medical care away. And it was an extremist view and democracy was at risk. And yet – you aren't winning these races by big margins. You should ask yourself, is that messaging, the messaging of being anti-Republican is not working as well as it should be more pro-you? And for the Republicans, when you look at Florida and you look at what's happened in Texas, especially in the gubernatorial races, but when you see Republicans running away with it in Florida, when it's a red wave in that state, when you look at that and you think, well, what did Arizona do wrong? What is it that we aren't doing right that the Republicans are not walking away with these races when the, the issues are similar when it comes to the economy and taxation, when it comes to the border in Texas, when it comes to the Second Amendment, the same thing when it comes to abortion. All of these things are the same issues in all of those states, and yet you're seeing the gubernatorial candidates. Yes, they were incumbents, but they were outspoken, very vocal, stand on the issues far to the right on those issues, and they won handily. I just think it's an interesting study to ask, why is this happening? You know, we got to look at ballot propositions as well um, and some of the things that are happening. But we are expecting another drop of votes a little bit later on today. I want to remind you that election coverage continues here at KTAR News. They're doing a great job. The news team did a phenomenal job last night. But they're doing it all day long to get you up-to-the-minute information all day long. And from 12.15 to 2, Markson will be back in here with another special election show today. So you're not only going to want to keep it here on KTAR, you're going to want to make sure you download the news app. Because when those drops happen when these races begin to get called you'll be notified on your device you can read the story on your device or listen if it's happening on the air it's the ktar news app it is really the only news app i have on my phone and the only one i use i think it is fantastic we're going to talk one more time about the economy because all of this now was supposed to be about the economy where are we heading into the holidays we're going to talk about that in arizona and the rest of the country next Strong value.
news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. Proud to say you are not going to get better election coverage anywhere here in the state of Arizona than you're going to get right here at KTAR News, thanks to our crack news team and how hard they've worked over the last few days to make sure you get up-to-the-minute accurate information on all of the elections. When the next ballot drop happens, you're going to find out about it right here. So do yourself a favor and download that KTAR News app because if you're listening, you'll know. But if you're not, you'll be notified. So you can listen or you can read it online at KTAR.com. Um, I'm so proud of what happened with the team yesterday. Just proud to be a part of it, you know, to watch how hard everybody worked. And what you heard on the air was put together and was fed by people all over this building working their butts off all night long, people out in the field. And uh, it was just such a team effort that I was proud to be a part of. And uh, I love the content that we put out. And it's only available. You hear my voice, but there are so many people behind the scenes that make this possible. Uh, Julia, my producer, is just a superstar in what she was able to do last night and uh, make sure that she was getting us accurate information behind the scenes along with the guys from the afternoon with uh, Zinsmeister and and Pablo. Um, So the guys on the air were able to get the information because those people work so hard. And the KTAR news team is second to none. So keep it locked here. And a big thank you to them for making last night as good as it was. And we continue. Uh, Markson is going to be on today. He will be on uh, at, from 12.15 until 2 with another election update. Hopefully in that time slot, we'll get the next ballot drop and see which direction things are going. I want to pause for a moment from the election coverage to talk about this economy because this economy was supposed to be what everything was about in this election, which is why we were going to see a red wave in the House and why we were going to see Republicans take over the Senate. And the way it looks right now, um, it is uh, 49 for the Republicans. I, I don't know. It's 49-48. Um, we've got Nevada and Arizona, I believe, that are still, or I'm sorry, uh, Georgia and Arizona that are still outstanding. So we're going to see uh, what happens. It needs 51 for a majority. We'll see what happens in these races as they go forward. Um, I also want to talk uh, a, a little bit uh, uh, about this economy because holidays are here and people are concerned about what they're going to be able to spend money on and the retail world is concerned there's a reason why they called Black Friday which is you know the internet is, is kind of crushed that but classically it was called Black Friday the day after Thanksgiving was the day the retail industry got into the black for the year big deep sales but it was huge massive people purchasing and then they were able to get into the black for the year just because of holiday spending and now we're going to see a decrease there are a couple of things happening people are going to spend less money, which means they are probably going to lay off of some of the higher end stuff. Now, that's not the wealthy people, but working class people are probably going to still buy the same volume. But what they're going to do is spend it on less expensive. They're not going to buy Lululemon. They're going to buy the off brands. And so I'm anxious to see how that affects what people do. Fuel prices continue to go up. That's not good for this economy. I'm having a really good conversation with someone via email right now who is disagreeing with me on the fuel price thing and that this is necessary. And I, I love the conversation because it's an acknowledgement that you know it's a tough time right now. It's very difficult, but it's necessary is what this person's position is. And I respect the person that says that because it's an acknowledgement that things are tough for people, which I don't think we're getting from the White House. 
I think it is ill-timed. I don't agree with the premise of it anyway, but even if I did, it's ill-timed because now we're seeing diesel. There's a shortage of diesel fuel, which is why the price of diesel remains so extremely high, and it's why it is straining the shipping industry. You're going to pay more for things that are shipped because it's costing more to ship those goods and those goods to your home. Um, but gas prices are going up. So now when families have been getting and did have gotten some relief from the record high, we are seeing them tick up again. Fuel oil and real choices and families are making that uh, where they have to choose between heating their homes or feeding their families. So are we going to be cold and fed or are we going to be um, are we going to be hungry and warm? That's tough. That is a tough decision for families to make. Coming up just after 11 o'clock, we're going to talk about the apology from the county level. We'll let you know what they said, why they said it, and how we can fix this problem next.